This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Tuesday Takeover with Josh from the Skins on Fubar Radio. Greetings, hello, and welcome. What's going on, everyone? It's four o'clock. My name is Josh from the Skints. Here is your Tuesday Takeover presenter on Fubar Radio right now. At Fubar Radio and everything. Give us an email, takeover at foobarradio.com. My first ever time on radio. Looking forward to this one. Got some friends coming in, some guests, some jokes, some folks. We're going to have a good time. If you don't know about the Skints, that's my band. We are four punk rock kids that started a band a very, very long time ago, all the way back in 2007. And somehow, along this mad journey of life, it's become what we do. So you should check out our new album, Swimming Lessons, album number four out now on Mr. Bongo Records and Easy Star Records in America. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild, man. We just got back from US tour, first ever headline tour of the West Coast. Good fun. All the way down from San Diego up to Vancouver, getting into some super reggae situations and some super punk rock situations in Vegas as well, punk rock bowling. So the legends rancid, kick it in the middle of downtown Vegas, which was pretty wild for us. And yeah, man, we're going to get into a tune in a minute. We've got a couple new videos out. Watch out for Learning to Swim, the opening track. You can see us bubbling underwater, rocking out in a special effects swimming world and Restless featuring Protege. It's the other new one out there right now where you can see us acting as the worst ever news team you've ever seen in your life we're going to get into a tune right now this one new one we're banging at six music right now big up steve lamack everyone at six music other stations are available um playing this new one armageddon featuring runkus from jamaica watch out for this one sounds of the skints featuring runkus my name is Josh from the Skints. You're listening to Fubar Radio. This is the Tuesday Takeover. Yeah, man. Got some friends coming in soon. Watch out for Rival. Ones like Holly Cook, Jamie Rodigan. It's very diverse musical, uh, diverse musical backdrop we're drawing from in the Friends today. And a lot of people I've met through the road and touring and recording. I guess we're starting off with just me in this lo- lonely studio. 25% of the skints. Like I just said, album number four, Swimming Lessons, is out right now. That song you just heard featuring Runkus out of Jamaica. Wicked, wicked, wicked up-and-coming artist. He's actually coming over to England next week, doing a promo run. He's got a new tune coming. I know he's got works with Toddler T and a bunch of other people in the mix. And yeah, man, rival, watch out for Rival coming in next. That's someone that's been out on the road with us. Came out on the FM tour in 2015, along with the South London reggae legendary ambassadors, Tipper Irie and Horseman. That was a good time. We're going to get into that one with Rival later. But till then, I'm going to be self-indulging about the skints a little more. Well, our first album came out 2009, Live, Breathe, Build, Believe, was a super quick 
foray into the punky reggae world that we came from. We smashed that one out in five days. Cost us a grand. And, uh, yeah, you can still get that one and, and see where it's at. Part and Parcel was album number two in 2012 when we were going a little more on a traditionalist trajectory in our songwriting into the reggae, rock steady, ska world and cut that one all to tape for all you uh, engineers out there that are working in your bedroom studios and don't know about tape and analogue equipment. We did that and you had to get it right in a number of takes. So that was a good learning curve for us. Album number three, FM, as I just mentioned. We had Rival and it was a actually concept album set on a pirate radio station somewhere in London on the hottest day of the year. So if, yeah, if you're into concept records and a little bit of story with your albums, check out that one. So here we are, Fubar Radio, coming up. Next we've got Protege featuring Leela Ike, Agent Sasko, whole title the Jamaica crew. This one's an absolute banger, watch out for it on Indignation and Easy Star Records. Not another word. Not Fishbone as I initially said. Protege, Leela Ike, Agent Sasko, absolute banger out there right now. But ladies and gentlemen, it is Fubar Radio, it is the Tuesday Takeover. My name is Josh from the Skints. Got none other than Jamie Rodigan in the studio. What are you all right? How you doing, sir? I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Thank you very much for coming on my first ever foray into radio DJing. Yeah, man. I know it's something that you're a dab hand at yourself, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, we're in, the, we're in the hot seat. What's going yeah, on, bro? Man. I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Busy. W- what have you been up to in the last week or so? Last or even week. The last, w- last weeks. Well, we saw each other on Sunday a couple of days ago uh, and did the Standard Selections, the launch of um, a new night we're doing at the Standard Hotel in King's Cross. Um, it was a Q&A and a little, a little party with Becca D and Chris Peckins. And so, yeah, we've been doing that. Dropped a couple of singles as well. Did um, a remix of The Israelites for Desmond Decker um, for Trojan Records, um, celebrating 50 years of that song. So cool, great eh? to be yeah, part of that project. And that's uh, we did that as Craig Classics, myself and Aaron Horn. And we produced a song for Ayatosh as well um, called Reasons, which just dropped on Friday. Wicked, man. We'll, we'll get into the, the Craig Classics and production stuff mm. um, in a little bit. Initially, what I wanted to ask you, if you could tell the people what, you know, you as a DJ, as a producer, music in general, if you could sort of share, you know, your early life experiences of that, um, you know, how you got into um, any of the music you're into. But obviously, I, I know you as a serious dancehall guy. Yeah. You know, if you don't know, I'm, I mean, Jamie's tastes are wide but I've seen this guy bully up sets on the absolutely rago dancer one so yeah, yeah if you could get into that yeah man I mean um, music is obviously a big part of my family my dad is uh, David Rodigan a DJ from you know 70s so um, you know music is, is, is a big part of the family my mum loved rare groove soul she's, she's right up, up to speed with everything nowadays as well and um, yeah just, just listening to kind of like a lot of dance or a lot of reggae singers like Gregory, Dennis Brown, you know, like Sugar Minot, Studio One, going to like 
dub vendor going to Jetstar every Sunday and just being a part of you know the whole thing the whole the whole the whole movement it's kind of a thing of where it's literally like it's so normal to you, you it's you, you can't even think of getting into it or is there was there a song maybe as you were getting a little bit older and that was sparking your own taste that that was kind of making you want to um, get into this thing rather than it just being so like normalised by the super musical environment yeah. that you grew up in I mean I was always, I loved like Jungle I used to listen to like you know, Jungle Mania I had all those CDs and I was kind of like my brain was kind of switching on to that sound a bit as well um, but was, like, that, was that from like school or yeah like that was like thing? yeah that was school like you growing um, up in West London yeah right? I grew up in West London um, but a song that actually kind of did it for me was like Pinchers Bandolero which was like 92, 93. All Gringos guys, and Pacera. That's the one, yeah. yeah. And it was just like, because it just was kind of different to your average dancehall song. It kind of like, you know, and what he was singing about. And his his actual voice itself was so unique at that era and, you know, Jammy's production. and So, yeah, definitely like a song like that was... Like, wow. How old were you when, when that came out? I must have been like... Um, like eight or something. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that's wild, man. Yeah. And so, okay, cool. So that's you getting into music. And in terms of, um, you know, you wanting to play music out, were you mm. uh, just a DJ at home naturally? All the men or whoever in your family just mm. naturally playing music out? And, yeah, I and mean, you, there was and you were the, the guy the, that the, people knew to call because you had good records? There was decks in my house. Um, I used to mess around on them, much to my dad's annoyance. Um, breaking needles. Oh dear! Did you, did you, uh, have I think you I broke a few. Few. Yeah. I was going to say, did you have you ruined any uh, uh, special records? None of the does? records. Okay. Actually, it was only the needles. No dirty scratches. <laughs> yeah, I think I, of the records are off limits. Homes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the DJing thing. It was just kind of always there. So I, you know, I had records. I was into it from young, and then as I got older, learned how to beat match and a bit of scratching and all that kind of stuff. But. Um, yeah, it's just something that's always been there. And then when I kind of got a bit older, I didn't really do it as much. I kind of was off doing other stuff. I went to university and, you know, school, kind of playing football and, you know, right, just right. all that what stuff. What did you do at university? At uni, I did English and American Lit because um, I wanted to be a writer. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like, you know, into like writing books and that's kind of where I kind of thought maybe I'm going to be a writer a novelist and I was doing um, a bit of journalist stuff you know working for uni paper and that kind of stuff cool yeah so wicked man and and obviously as you touched on before production now is something you're massively into do you mm. think that's um, I mean especially in the reggae business I mean in, and I mean all aspects of DJs and producers mm. do you find yourself getting into that as in terms of like the era we're in now whereas to be you know a working DJ to be a producer as well as necessary whereas maybe 30 years ago they were kind of feel like maybe more separate entities mm. is that mm. was that a conscious thing or is that just you wanting to create as well as be a I mean a selector I, I downloaded Fruity Loops when I was 13 right. and I was always kind of tinkering with it and coming up with ideas but I, it was only in the last sort of five years that I took it more seriously and professionally I'm going to actually get into production actually put some records out there okay cool and work with artists that I kind of always wanted to work with but because maybe my production level wasn't so up there or I wasn't really that committed to it I didn't do it but you know in the last yeah about five years five six years ago very cool yeah, and, it's, and the artistry of the production 
as you said, great yeah. classics, which is you and Aaron Horn. That's right. Can you speak on how you two linked up? Were yeah. you friends from before? We were or? friends from before. We were friends from West London, like the skater scene, graph scene. You know, we were mutual friends and we linked up. Um, you know, we known each other a long time. And then kind of Aaron came to me and was like, look, we should do some dance records together. I was at that point where I thought, yeah, I'm ready to jump into production full time and, make, you know, make that commitment. So... Yeah, that was kind of how we linked up and, and we went from there. Wicked. Okay, and so, the, as we all know, the, mm. the, the, the new Bashment dancehall sound, what you know, is definitely making serious waves, whether it's in mm. influence or even artists cutting into the mainstream right now. Um, obviously, you know, your reggae history and lineage, I'm sure, is unmatched by many and most. Is it something about... The more, as I said, you know, I've seen, I've seen Jamie uh, Rotatom uh, in Spain playing some of the most ratchet music <laughs> that exists. Is there, was there something about that sort of sound? As I mean, I know you're, you're a serious, you know, roots and culture guy as well. Yeah. That made, that in terms of like <clears throat> your branding as a DJ and, uh, and now as a producer, mm. that sort of um, excited you or kind of made you want to move away from perhaps you know what people know your family for or is that just your personal taste or I mean when it comes to DJ sets it depends where I'm kind of booked I mean I I try to give a kind of three I try to kind of represent for the whole reggae and dancehall thing you know like I don't want to just say I'm I just play dance or I just play this I mean I don't even just play that sometimes I play a bit of Afrobeat a bit of hip-hop whatever like whatever I like Um, but I try to Represent the the, the the spe full spectrum, the full three sixty, whether it's roots and culture, a bit of dub, a bit of dancehall, whether it's hardcore bashment. You know, if I like it, I'm gonna play it. Wicked. And as a West London native, yes. you know, uh Carnival's coming soon. Yeah. What are some of your best memories of Carnival? And I'm I'm assuming you've been a carnival baby, mm. let alone a an a, a young adult teenager. Yeah. What what some of your uh, most impactful memories of carnival over the years and maybe you know the changes or or not or mm. maybe you feel like the vibe has stayed the same oh man i got so many but um one that sticks out is definitely buster rhymes and the flip mode squad oh, wow. at horniman's pleasance i think it was like 95 maybe wow. what was that on westwood no it was kiss fm stage oh, horniman's okay. pleasant they came at five to seven just before curfew and police were like no 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 they all ran on stage and they performed for like an hour wow. and it was just was it crazy like about six thirty or something yeah like, yeah like yeah, yeah. just before curfew police are standing there like no no you guys can't come and they came on and it was just tore it up and they just did all the classic like all those big songs woo hop your hands on my eyes all that stuff it was crazy it was man. crazy okay cool well we're gonna get into a tune of yours right now mm Crate Classics. What do you, can you tell us about this one? Yeah, it's a Reasons. It's a new single produced by myself and Aaron Horn. It's Crate Classics featuring Ayatosh, um, new kid from Kingston, Jamaica. Super talented, super, 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 super cool guy. And um, great to be uh, involved in the project. It's Heavy. called Reasons. Reasons. Go Wicked tune. Ayatosh, Reasons. Time Thanks. is 4.26. Tuesday afternoon, Food Bar Radio. My name is Josh from The Skints. You're listening to The Tuesday Takeover. We've got Jamie Rodigan in the studio. Wicked tune, man. Cheers, man. Thank you. Love that one. So I'm thinking today, you know, everyone, not everyone, all Skints fans will know we're a serious touring band. I wanted to talk to you about sort of the live scene circuit and stuff like that and uh, your touring experiences. Um, when, When was the first time 
you ever perform live in any capacity? Oh wow, that's a good question. Um, I think like we did like a school dance. <laughs> like, I guess yeah, it was like a school dance, and I think we got like X Man and like Shabba. Oh wow! Yeah, to come and like wow <laughs> to come and MC and you know, like a few guys are DJ. Sick, man. Yeah, wow, that's, school dance. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean that's cool. Like, my, I remember uh, my our school. In two, yeah. 2002, when Oi and More Fire Crew first came out. <laughs> yeah. And then those guys OZB. came to the school. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They were from just up the road. And they came to our school and all the kids. I think it was like the year, they performed for like the year 11s or something. I was in like year 7. Yeah. Everyone was getting like it's their school journals yeah. signed <laughs> and all that. And I was thinking like, wow, like, that's who we're getting into our school. <laughs> but yeah, good times. Uh, so... In terms of live, what are you? Have you got a busy summer right now? In terms of bookings, yeah, summer's been good, man. Did Glastonbury Park Life, uh, Love Saves the Day. Been on the road, man. Got a couple, couple more festivals to do. Doing something with Cranium as well in September. Brilliant. And yeah, man, just keep busy. Can you can you talk about uh, your work with? Cranium, if I'm sure people, yeah. all the dancehall fans out there will know. Even non-dancehall fans will be aware of some of his bigger <laughs> tunes and stuff like that. Yeah, um, Cranium is a New York-based dancehall artist. Um, he, he's had a big anthem last year with Wizkid and I think it was Ty Dolla Sign. Can't believe her. And um, yeah, we've done some UK shows. I've been playing the music for him and kind of doing a few sets before as well so it's been good man we did ENDS Festival in Croydon we did Bristol as well and then he's got a couple more shows in the UK and he's on the kind of European leg of the tour now and it's the Hotel Tour I think he's got a new album coming out very cool yeah and in terms of people out there I mean I don't know how you feel about this do you find Mm. the DJ scene in general and you know as someone that is like actively working for their bread and butter as you know, a DJ producer, do you find the market to be oversaturated right now? Do you find less is more? Do you think that more is too much? Or do you, what, what, what do you think of the current state of quote unquote, you know, DJs and it as a live circuit in London and beyond at the moment? Yeah, I mean, um, each to their own, you know. I mean, for me personally, I think, you know, to oversaturate yourself is, is not necessarily a great thing. But for other artists and DJs, it works great for them. So, you know, I can see it from both angles. Me personally, though, I think it's yeah not so good to be out there all the time, all the time, all the time. Have you got any advice for that kid sitting in their room doing their mixes thinking, do you know what, I'm actually getting quite sick. I think I can <laughs> bust up a rave somewhere. Yeah. There, and they're trying to do it. What? Have you got Have you got any advice for that person? Or uh, maybe for the you kids, don't, and that's I would fine. say education is key. Stay in school, learn your books. Um, if, if music is your passion, though, go for it. Um, don't let anybody tell you different and you know just go out there put yourself out there because um, it's it's a lot easier now in certain regards but it's a lot harder you know it's easier to get yourself out there on social media and you know spreading your awareness but then there's probably a million other guys or girls trying to do the same thing as you so right you know it's 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 tough okay cool and last one in the Mm. in the live music setting what are Jamie Rodigan's do's and don'ts for promoters when booking him (laughs) Apart from obviously bringing the the check, <laughs> yeah, secure the bag. Um, do's and don'ts. Yeah, I mean, um, get that deposit in. Get that deposit in first. And um, but well, I mean, you know, when you go to a, when you go to, when you're performing a lot, <laughs> doing a lot of clubs all the time. When you're doing clubs all the time, or you're doing festivals yeah. all the time, 
you know, we see us as artists, DJs, whatever, like that we see certain patterns that work for us and those that don't. So maybe there's certain things. Yeah, that I mean, um, I guess like in terms of what for me, me giving advice to someone like no, just, being on time just, and yeah, that well, kind of just, thing, be you know, professional, yeah, maybe it's, all of that maybe kind it's of professionalism, stuff. maybe yeah. it's... Treat it like any job, man. You know, be professional, you know, turn up on time, know what you're doing, prepare yourself, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. I mean, what about you? What are your do's and don'ts? Oh, man. Give me some... Do you know what? I mean, a big one, for, a big one for the skins is yeah. um, just a, a room, mm. a dressing room. Green room, yeah. Just something, even if it's like, you know, just somewhere, because, you know, Marcia yeah. is in our band, obviously female, um, you know, sometimes really nice dudes with the best intentions mm. aren't necessarily thinking outside of what they personally would require in that situation yeah, and sometimes sure. it, it, you know what I mean getting changed where the audience can see you for <laughs> example true. might not be the yeah. biggest thing and big thing for us actually as singers is a kettle ginger and honey oh yeah always, I remember that when you were on the road yeah, yeah man it was a big it, one it, you know, even at the lowest level of touring, when you're first going out and opening up, you'll mm. always get a crate of beer. And I've always thought it's weird that the promoters want the bands or whoever to be half like cut. Half <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe not very good. Whereas yeah. if you gave them some coffee and some hot water and some ginger, some they might be snacks. like really alert and really like singing their best. So yeah, man. Yeah, that's one. But anyway, we're going to get into a little game right now that we've devised. Let's do it. Because uh, do it. I'm sure your ear is too sharp. I'm actually thinking mm. about this game and. Uh, you might be too good for it, but we'll find out. We'll call it <laughs> Pull Up and Rewind. All right. Playing some Bashman at Dancehall bangers mm. in reverse. Mm -hmm. A little clip. Can Jamie Rodigan identify them? Ready for this? All right, let's do it. All right. I got it. Go on. Vibes Cartel. Touch a button. Is he right? He is correct, as made very big in the UK by uh, Sneak Bar, I think it was, that sampled that one. That's it. Very big tune, all right. I think he's actually going to smash this. We may have picked two bait tunes, but let's, 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 try, let's try that. Let's yeah, I think I got it. Movado last night. Jeez. Big tune. Wicked tune. David Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> Big up Movado. He's made absolute bangers after bangers after mm. bangers. Sure. Okay. Smashing through these. Number three. Uh, busy signal, stay so. Oh my god! <laughs> I should have. I needed to go more vaults in this. You guy, need man. to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to like pulling up all of these anyway, like yeah. in the dance. So it's like I'm already used See, to doing it. Our, this is our error. He's got plays them in reverse. <laughs> He's been practicing mixing them in reverse anyway. All right, number four. This is. I just feel stupid now. Like, come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um spice but what's it had uh what's the name it's called um oh skin out mint no i can't say that can i um what is it called i know it's skin out mint something something but it's um, well, i'm gonna it's need do you know what You've you need a name so you no, need, I need a name i need, I need official <laughs> i need official, official title like, you know prs collection title oh. 
What is this song called? That's terrible. Key to what's it called? I can't even remember. <laughs> What are you saying? Um, We've got Spice, the queen of everything. Yeah. Um, We're saying. Uh, I can't remember. Okay, cool. What's it called again? You have to tell me, I got it wrong. Yes, I saw me like Something it. Something like it. There you go. There we go. Right. Oh, do you know what, actually? I didn't, we didn't give uh, Jamie the dings for his correct answers before, so. There we go. There we go. All right, and we'll give him the fourth because he didn't know. <laughs> but all right, last one. This one, all right, it's still getting, man. That's so annoying. <laughs> oh, this one's a bit, that was a bit harder. Was, uh, this was what yeah. I thought was like the curveball, but the others yeah. were too easy. You want it again? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Ninja Man, and it's... um. When I was a little baby. Oh, oh, what's it called though? Oh, Ninja Man. It's called like number one. Is it called number one? Oh, close. Number very, one. very close. It's Ninja Man. Okay, I'll give you clues. Ninja Man, and he's trying to get you to do something. What's Ninja oh, Man trying to get us to do? Champ. Oh, something. Oh. He wants you to. He can't remember either. <laughs> he doesn't want um, you to take an exam. He wants, he you, wants to... you to... Oh, learn. Oh, he wants you to... Oh, I give up. I give up. What is it? Yes, Ninja Man. I would never go here. Test, test the high, high power. power. Ninja. Classic. Ninja Man versus Classic. everyone. <laughs> the the, the, the all clashes. Well, I think... You did, you know, that was you that did was very, very, very well. Next time we play this game, we're picking much, much harder yeah, teams. Yeah. <laughs> and probably, do you know what? To throw him off, we actually shouldn't even pick reggae or bashment songs next time. Next, next time, time I'm gonna yeah. throw you some, like, some heavy, heavy metal curveballs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Jamie, thank you very much, sir. Anything to, anything to plug before we go? Um, yeah, just go and support the music, buy the music, stream it, support it. Create classics. Big up Aaron. And uh, big up Bella Blair, we got some music dropping with her. Big up Naomi Cowan, we got an EP dropping with her. Oh, wicked. I think she's Runkus, we got a song with Runkus and someone very special who I can't say yet, but yeah, big up Runkus. And um, yeah, support the music, go out there, go and see the artists. And um, reggae and dance all to the world. Super exciting, man. I love that. At Jamie Rodigan at everything, right? That's it. Wicked, man. Well, if you want to stick around, have a drink with us, we've got some more friends coming in. But this tune, actually. Before we leave Jamie, when I saw him the other day, I was like, nah, this is actually the tune, bruv. Gonna send this one out to Gappy Ranks. Yes. Big up, Gappy. Big up, Gappy. I know he's not been too well in his health in this past year, but, you know what I mean? We're sending all good vibrations your way. This new one's an absolute Percy of mine. Too much, Henny. Watch out. Too much, Eddie. Tuesday Takeover with Josh from the Skins on Foo Bar Radio. It is the Tuesday takeover. It is Josh from the Skints. It is 16.41 in the afternoon on Fubar Radio. We're joined in the studio by none other than Holly Cook. Make noise. Hello. <laughs> Hiya. How's it going, friend? Um, good, thanks, friend. How are you? I'm very good. Doing my first radio show and that. Yeah, thanks doing, for coming through. Doing a nice job, mate. Well done. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Um, what's going on in the wonderful world of Holly Cook? Well... 
What have you been up to this week? This week, uh, what I I mean, it's Tuesday and I had to think about that, so I think that says a lot. Um, I have been uh, doing some gigs over the last couple of weeks. Um, got back from Berlin on Sunday, you and I together, as you know. It was a blast. Um, and just kind of more of that, really, over the next couple of months. Got a few more festivals left to do, and I've just been having a, a lovely summer. Okay, thus far. wicked. Awesome. Well, for those that don't know, um, let's take it back a little bit to Shepherd's Bush mm-hmm. a little while ago. What's what's little Holly up to? What's she into? <laughs> um, toy cars. I had a little garage. Wicked. Um, and I also had Barbies, so I was like doing, um, you know, bits bits and pieces with all the with all the toys, having a laugh, um, listening to Dolly Parton and uh, oh, what was her name? Patsy Klein. Oh wow. <laughs> I don't know Patsy Klein. Can you educate me and the listeners? Um, she's the one who sings oh. "Crazy." Go on, I need, crazy, I need bars. Crazy, crazy. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So lonely. Love it. That was uh, the thing. Um, so around then, yeah, I was kind of listening to music in my room from a very young age. I was an only child, and uh, good at occupying myself, and also good at having parents who gave me cool tapes to listen to on my cassette player <laughs> wicked um so from then in shepherd's bush i uh, grew up and into uh, an interest of uh, music and singing which i pursued uh from probably about the age of 14 i joined a band at school as you do. What was the band called? Um, <laughs> I think we were called Lava. Lava, wow. Lava. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> it was <laughs> red hot, yeah. <laughs> um, the volcano in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were not a band that would sound like we should be called Lava. We were definitely more along the, like, pop side of things. Okay. And, in, in, you know, inspired by... Steely Dan. Wow. <laughs> um, so that was a laugh. And I went to a music college after that and uh, just kind of carried on singing. Cool. And joined bands. I joined uh, The Slits in their reformed shape in about 2006. Yes. And uh, that uh, was when things really probably, probably started for me in, in my music world of... Uh, doing gigs outside of like the school assembly hall wicked um, for any, for any, just to stop you there for anyone else there that doesn't know mm. what the slits is were represents mm. can we give them a little history on that because I think it's very important yeah. mm. um, it's one that doesn't necessarily make sense uh, as far as my involvement but uh, they were one of the uh, like first ladies of of punk in the 70s in 76 they were like doing the uh doing the female punk thing alongside their friends and peers the clash and the sex pistols um and yeah came out with something really different to what the boys were doing and uh worked with Dennis Bravel on a very famous album called Cut um, 
and they did a wicked cover version of Heard It Through the Grapevine, um, which you should listen to if you haven't heard it. Um, and they kind of, they had two albums in the late 70s and early 80s and really paved the way for women in music and alternative women and right. you know, very much kind of like breaking down the walls of what was a big boys club at the time. 100%. I was going to say, it's so, it, I think the slits were so important at the time and maybe now, you know, we've seen a lot, I mean, and still to this day, nowhere near enough, but over the decades we've seen more, you know, girls in music girls in rock and roll but at the time the musical landscape and what women's voices were especially in a mainstream oh city and it yeah, was like yeah. unreal what that these where these yeah, girls yeah. come out what they, they were singing about how they, they were dressing wild. yeah yeah they have a very famous album cover in which they're just covered in mud being strong and powerful and fearless and uh yeah i think in their little scene, it was kind of just them, Susie Sue and Chrissy Hines and the Pretenders were like, the th- that was like the girls club. Um, so all a bunch of badass bitches. Completely <laughs> revolutionary stuff. Um, so I ended up in the band because Ari Up, the, the lead singer, uh, wanted to record new music after a, a 25 year hiatus or something oh wow i didn't realize I it was, that it'd been yeah 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 they like the 80s came around and ari said she just had to escape the 80s and she moved to jamaica and right and is that when she was making like dance hall and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah, mid-done and those uh, kind of yeah, tunes yeah exactly she Wicked. um she really immersed herself in the music there and went under her um her other stage name medusa because she's got the big long locks um so yeah, she came back. She kind of popped in and out of my life through the years because okay. she's an old friend of my parents who were around at that time as well. My dad was in the Sex Pistols, so they hung out and played gigs together and you know, were basically just in the scene. So they've been long-time friends. And when she came back to London one November day, I think in about 2004 or five, she was just calling up all her mates looking for their daughters um, to record a chorus on a song that would eventually be like a new Slit song. Oh, wow. Um, So that was the first time I'd seen her in a little while and uh, it was kind of a really quick, weird, almost quite casual thing. Like it was something we'd do every day when it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that before. Um, And she was like, you should join the band. You know, we're going to do some gigs and... It'd be great to have you along, and I didn't really think twice about it or that she meant it, just that it was something that people might say when in a moment, you know. But she uh, she kind of meant most things or almost everything that she ever said, and uh, she invited me to uh, join the Slits cool. um, round two. And were you lo- <laughs> Was it a case of you were like... You know, a kid that had been in bands at the time and were looking for one. Were you already in a band or were you on the path of I'm going to be Holly Cook, the singer? Um, either or. I was either up for band scenarios or solo stuff. I definitely, up until that point, had experiences uh, working on solo music from, I think, the age of about 17, um, of which, you know, who knows what happens for what reasons. Um so yeah, and I was actually at music college at the time, 
and so a few slits gigs would come up here and there like on weekends and it was no big thing and then like a six-week tour uh, came up in my last term of college and uh, I figured that being in a band on the road would be a way better school <laughs> cool. than, uh, than the college I was at which was basically preparing me for exactly the same thing um, so I just kind of I just kind of ran away with the slits for a couple of years. <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> Love it. So, um, obviously, time goes on. You know, you you become a solo artist. And Jamie as well, of, of, you know, us three can all definitely, you know, attest to um, the realities of being an independent, uh, you know, musical artist, yeah. not, you know, necessarily signed to a major label mm-hmm. and um, the kind of ups and downs that come with that because there's ups and downs with every situation and uh, I mean this is kind of both of you really like what um, you know sort of like goes in to you know when there isn't necessarily a big super big check uh, behind you or or even you know kind of just having to come up with all creative things yourself do you know what I mean because uh yeah, it's 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 rough out here. Maybe we, you could touch a little on that, and then how it, how you came to even putting music out independently and stuff yeah, like that, um, or with independent I think labels. Just, I think that it's. I basically I learned really early on that the independent way was going to be the way for me to do it. Firstly, from being in the slits and being in a punk band, and it being purely about wanting to do it being 100% in it and having no compromises at all about anything especially your music that you're making and then when I was in my like before that time I had a really really brief moment where I started talking to major labels when I was a teenager about sort of like pop star stuff right right this is like pre this is like pre pre this is like 16 years old me um doing a thing and thinking oh this is an opportunity I've never had one before and knowing really early on with that and what how how it runs and who it works with that creatively I was gonna be really compromised the whole time um was that something and that didn't sit well with me at all you I was gonna say is that is that something you were I wouldn't wouldn't use the word anxious but apprehensive about before even going in or was it a case of you know because I'm sure there's a lot of young people you know, young ladies as well that that do have a dream, yeah. um, and that, like, you know, maybe don't have that self confidence that, you know, may, what they think is best for them is, you know, maybe will maybe think, oh, I don't really know, I'm not in the music industry, I should just listen to all what these people are saying. Yeah, was that something that you were kind of aware of going in? I was into aware that? of it. Yeah. I, I experienced it. It affected choices that I made. You know, when you're young and you. Are hungry and you have an opportunity even though it's not the right one you're still kind of willing to take it to, right. a, to a certain point but then for me when it started to when I knew like that feeling of being uncomfortable with anything musically that was going on like I was like oh that's totally not why I want to make music actually so from then on I was just like nah no one's really going to be able to tell me what to do yeah, <laughs> when it comes to the, the the music that I want to make like that's that's the main thing 
Is there any any situations of that ilk, Jamie? You can you can attest to where yeah. you've been like whether it's with a necessarily a major <clears throat> record label or not, or just someone with power, you know, trying to make you feel uncomfortable by doing things that maybe feel are against your nature. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I mean, totally. I mean, I'm from that school of like you know you don't compromise. You know, you make it your own thing if it, if it's if that's what you want to do you don't you know you don't bow to anyone you you, you do what you want to do if it's, if they don't want you know for example promoters come you know or oh, can you play this kind of stuff or and the dj set or whatever when i was kind of starting out wanting to and you know it kind of put me off it a bit to be honest actually yeah, yeah surely, wanna, surely they'd be booking you because of yeah exactly you play, yeah booking you and then telling and you, then telling that, you that yeah, sounds can you play like a totally that. weird way yeah wow, exactly so, yeah it's a very similar kind of thing mm. i suppose so yeah, just don't compromise yourself. You know, don't 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 bend for anyone. Don't don't try and change. You know, if that's what you want to do, you know, follow your passion. Yeah, Absolutely. man, wicked, love that. And Holly as well. We, I mean, Jamie and I touched on it a little bit earlier when he chucked an interview question at me <laughs> about. Uh, you know, I was, I was asking Jamie about you know the do's of don'ts, what promoters, and you know people that are putting on shows need to be coming with, and said about how. You know, obviously I've in a band with uh, a female member and and there are things that maybe people with good intentions haven't thought of as a woman in the industry and specifically you know the reggae industry what sort of improvements do you think need to be made or maybe things you've seen get better or things get worse even Mm. um, that you know you are you on on your musical path are experiencing or have experienced because I think it's I think it's important I think as, as we said before, it is such a boys' club out here in music in general. That um, Yeah, it is. Um, I think that the, the one thing... I don't think that anything's gotten worse. I think that one thing that I've noticed that's definitely gotten better is just the presence of women at events, whether it's attendants, whether it's staff or, you know, artists being booked. I remember one of the first ever gigs that I like festivals that are reggae festivals that I went to and I wasn't I was I was highly aware how outnumbered I was and while that's totally fine I've I've maybe realized that like over time I had gone into maybe I would have gone into it with my guard up anyway but I don't know I've definitely or maybe it's just experience I feel like more kind of open energy and just yeah just the presence of women everywhere is just is higher so that's definitely a really positive thing and uh yeah so it just it creates a different energy space somehow it's just so powerful yeah definitely <laughs> and uh you know everyone out there is working they might run into holly don't talk to her like she's an idiot she knows what <laughs> <laughs> she's on about man doing her stuff all right we're gonna get into a track just shortly but maybe leading into that um, going back to the slits and then you know mm-hmm. you were doing your solo thing and now you work with you know you've had a kind of a couple of rotating lineups of bands mm-hmm. um, you now work with the General Roots band maybe you can tell us about how that link up came and you know what the situation was before that led to that and how the relationship is and has been mm-hmm. um, and how that relates to this track that we're about to get into okay um so the general roots band who have been uh were the first ever holly cook band about okay whenever the first holly cook thing was which was really really randomly a german tv show performance wow is this around the time of your Um, first album 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So this we're going is, back to this... like 2011, yeah. which was maybe around the time that the Skints and you... I don't even remember. It, yeah, how it, we that met, was a crossover because it would have been just after I think I'd done my first album yeah. with Prince Fatty. Maybe you guys were about to go in. For sounds your about right. I think you were. Fi- yeah, we were like just parcel, starting like, to record part parcel, and you were coming down finishing up your record. Or maybe I was finishing. Maybe, maybe even B sides or stuff like I don't that. Remember, I, yeah, I really don't remember. Okay. Um, so yeah, I met them then, and you know that was through Prince Fatty. He. Um, knew the McCombs' parents. The McCombs are the uh, the wondrous drum and bass uh, duo. North uh, London Barrett brothers. Ben and James McCone. Um So that's how that came about. And they did this TV show with me, and we had a good. We had we were in Hamburg. We went out. Uh, ben was seventeen, I think. That so you know. While a while back, um, and then when it came to actually like starting to tour and do live shows, I think for the first year or so, it was definitely just uh sound system shows with Prince Fatty and Horseman. I didn't do any big up Horseman every yeah. time, <laughs> I didn't do any uh solo live gigs. And then when I did, I just asked my friends to be in my band because that's the way I knew how to put a band together, and yeah, um, as as great as our experience was in Germany, I just was shy and didn't really know about the world of being a singer and using a session band. I just played with my friends and that's what I knew and liked. So I think, that's, what that, I I think that's really cool. And I'm sure there's loads of, you know, singers out there listening as well. Because, um, yeah, that's something we... Huge difference between us. I, I'm in a band, you're a solo artist that has a band. I'm sure there's loads of people out there that just wouldn't even know how to get that together that probably have dreams of you know being at the front yeah, of the stage with a exactly band behind them right. and I think just calling your buddies that play the bass drums whatever is it's got to be it to right alright let's get into the tune what's this one we're about to play um, this one is uh, Sweet Like Chocolate classical um, we recorded this last year I love a cover I'll do one about every 18 months so keep on Okay. Well, next. I think your covers are always very tasteful as well, and <laughs> this is you. this is a song this that this is a collab with Ben McCone, who is also a wicked and bad uh, producer. Shout out Ben, sweet like chocolate, shanks and Bigfoot, <laughs> Holly Holly Cook in a UKG <laughs> style. <laughs> Lucky I, lucky I didn't drop the Westwood bombs on that one. <laughs> <laughs> drop a bomb, Josh. Oh, man, what have we got? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. It's going down, baby. <laughs> Here we are, Food Bar Radio, Tuesday Takeover. My name's Josh from The Skins. I'm joined by Holly Cook and Jamie Rodigan in Hello. the studio right now. Yo, yo. You just heard Holly's great cover of Sweet Like Chocolate. Wicked, wicked, wicked tune. So, Holly, you're... We were talking about touring earlier. You're mm-hmm. someone that... He's very well toured, well seasoned on the road, and you're for a reggae artist as well. Or, you know, a, an artist in the reggae world, mm-hmm. I should say. Someone that's really not afraid to like tour and play outside the box. You were out with Kaiser Chiefs earlier. <laughs> that's an yeah. absolute mazar. <laughs> what yeah, can you tell us about that one? <laughs> um, I can tell you that I don't think. 
that Kaiser Chiefs fans really understand Holly Cook. But you don't know until you try. And we did. And I'm sure that maybe, you know, we got about five people engaged every night um, to... I'm sure it was much more than that. I'm sure it was much more than that. Sorry, Kaiser Chiefs fan. You do like the Kaiser Chiefs. We know that you were definitely loving Nothing against the Kaiser Chiefs. I I consider them to be very open-minded people. Um, It was an interesting time, I will not lie. But, you know, you've done supports as well. Sometimes it is just a bit weird. Um, Completely, yeah. Um, Just, you know, when you try and engage. Some people are genuinely just not interested in you i think it's crazy as well (laughs) i i think that like the bigger the band that you're opening up for the harder it is as well i agree do you know what i mean like we we've we've opened up for like a ton of you know small to medium-sized bands with like hardcore followings and like had instant wins and then you open up for someone that's like you know either in the charts or has a serious following and it's like we have come to yeah. see this band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're fans We've come to see this band. Yeah. Who the fuck do you think you are playing that. music like, <laughs> before my favourite band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Have you ever read that, Jay, with, with a DJ night that you're not... I don't know, but I mean, yeah, maybe... the skin skin, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty tense, actually. Yeah, he had tense. to get a security. I was basher and they were like, no. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe the... I guess maybe people that are, uh, that are in a rave in a DJ situation are just a bit more up for things than, like, mm-hmm. people yeah. that want to fold their arms at the front barrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah band. exactly. Um, yeah, man, okay, so... Holly, what is what was what was the last album, and is there going to be a, a next one that people are dying to know um, about albums? <laughs> the last album was Vessel of Love, um, and there will be a new album this uh, this year. I have been uh, working the way that I, th- I, I that generally tends to work best for me. I've been sort of collecting my my thoughts and ideas over the last few months and, you know, do, doing my bits and bobs and getting my inspirations and kind of once these gigs in the summer have subsided, not those, you know, then I'll... Uh, then I'll start to consolidate them okay. and plan on what, that. What, what form does that take for you, for anyone interested in, like, bits and bobs? Is it, like, jotting down a line? Is it, like, maybe reading a book? Is it taking it's, a photo? Yeah, What's, what kind of things are... It's jotting down lines here and there. It's um, recording voice notes, um, which, have, you know, I'm sure are the same of many of those to kind of cipher through and sometimes I have to like sometimes if I can hear more in my head than just the melody um, I'll like sing a little chord progression or a bass line or a something just so that when I listen back to it I don't some, you, do you ever listen back and go like what the fuck was that oh, like, all the like, time and Every at time the time, time you, <laughs> you know that it was an idea but you can't hear the rest of the relevance that was going on yeah. in your head um so yeah, and then sometimes it will just be sort of like a whole kind of 
idea that then just will need some lyrics or whatever and that's always f- inspired by being on the move and being like traveling and meeting people and being in certain places and hearing certain sounds and you know just taking it all in that's why that's generally where the inspiration comes from is just kind of getting out and experiencing whether it's like traveling i find as well when i'm when i'm tired and emotional <laughs> yeah. believe it or not is when like the ideas flow a little bit so. we've got, we got to work through the pain right <laughs> so yeah i'll be uh, deconstructing all my emotions in about a few weeks time so Perf- brilliant. wish me luck <laughs> yeah, yeah. best of luck um i've got some singles coming out i've got a single coming out in september um oh, which exciting. is uh, fresh new uh, not fresh, off an album no no Wicked. um which is a song that I wrote with Ben McCone and Luke Allwood of the General Roots Band because they have now, yes, not only do they play with me, they are they are my brothers and my musical family and they've become my collaborators That's as so well, brilliant. which is... So we are like a band. Wicked, yeah, I, I love think. that. I think it's, oh it's so rare as well, <laughs> um, you know, for... A spe- like we said as well, like from, I know, singers, solo artists on that kind of major label route that my album to album have a rotating cast of band members sure but the fact that you've made you know what is effectively a solo artistry into a band now I think that's so cool yeah yeah they have fully you know jumped on board the holly train and you know you know toot toot (laughs) (laughs) so yeah toot toot wicked and what about you Um, Jay when it comes to you know um, mm. consolidating ideas, inspiration and stuff. Are you literally behind the computer starting at the drums and working your way up? Or like, what, yeah, I mean, what is a Jamie Rodigan beat like birthed out be, of? A lot of times it can be like a sample, a classic song or like something that I heard and I go in the collection, I go find the, find the sample, I think, oh, I can do something with that. For example, we've got a single coming with Naomi Cowan. And I sampled Barrington Levy, Deep in the Dark. Oh, wicked. Which is like one of my all-time favourite Barrington songs. It's like, it's like a weird love song that was like nobody knows. And I was just like spooky obsessed with this song. It's a spooky yeah, kind yeah. of weird song. And I was just like obsessed with this song as a teenager. And I was like, I really love to do something with that. And then, you know, 15 years later, I end up using it and, you know, creating it, turning it into a song. So, you know, it can come from anywhere, you know, inspiration, vibes, you know. Also, Holly Cook, favourite song, Looking for Real Love. Oh, love that song. Great. Well, thank you. It's, you know what? I love that song. Um, very, very recently, as in mm. possibly about five nights ago, I kind of remembered about it because I don't mm. play it live. I haven't played it live for years and I was just uh, kind of rooting through, sorting out the R set for Berlin the other day. Mm. Um, and it popped up and I was like, oh man, and I like put it on and had a proper listen and and I've had, a, like, you know when, when you have so much space from one of your own songs, you can actually mm. listen to it in a totally yeah, different headspace yeah. and enjoy it's it without, time like, yeah. criticising yeah, yeah, yeah. the shit yeah, yeah, out of yeah, it or yeah. whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. So uh, thank you. Thank mm. you very much. I'm, I'm glad that you've said that a few days after I remembered mm. it existed. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Wicked. And the both of you, I feel like, you know, you're two people I know that I can, like, comfortably talk about this sort of thing without you getting offended because I feel like you guys both for like you know in being in the reggae world I feel like you guys you know separately in in both your endeavours do stay away from a lot of what I call like a lot of the cliches that in that world that I think maybe from from people in the industry especially in the industry outside of it are like maybe 
I don't say turned off by, but like they think is like the same like recycled things in terms of like branding, artwork, you know, production style, mm-hmm. yeah. um, just like general like innovation. Like I think I think you two are like both really like on point in kind of separating yourselves from things that have like completely been done and and done over. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Thank kind you. of? Thank you. Yeah. Of course. Is that are those things that you guys have maybe like consciously thought, you know, being in, in, in a scene that is, you know, because th- let's be real, like, you know, the, the music's been around so long now. I think the more time goes on, it's not necessarily harder, but it does in a way become harder for new things to stand out as fresh when there is like a new genre that's created every couple of years that is like mm-hmm. the new thing. Yeah. Like, are there... Is, is, could, uh, could you guys maybe talk a little bit on that or if that's like things that are like conscious in your mind in terms of like making you know the appearance at least and the, and the sound of things different or is it just you lot doing your own thing and, and the fact that you're in the reggae world is irrelevant I mean for me personally like certain like classic songs I would never touch sure just mm. because they mean so much to me personally but to somebody else it may not might not mean the say, have the same level of, of the level of value or whatever like you know the sentiment or whatever so they might go for it again and again you know so that i can see why somebody might go for it if it's not that same level of thing towards it you know what i mean okay like, yeah i uh yeah i don't know i think that it's kind of for me it's more like uh it's irrelevant that i the the reggae aspect of it is kind of not it's fairly irrelevant to me i just literally just do what i like Mm. um maybe i'm there must be an element in my mind knowing myself and my personality that you know would like not do things because lots of other people are doing them hence why i ended up being a reggae singer in the first place (laughs) do you know what i mean because Mm. i didn't know anyone else who was really doing that i didn't you know it's it's it was just something different and I like things that are different so when the ideas that I have musically or visually or whatever are are different to the general you know ether of what people are used to especially from a genre like reggae then yeah I think it's 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 nice just to you know clearly stick your personality onto something yeah I think I think it's really important um because yeah, like it's, like I'm sure like all of us, you know, separately in like our home lives, our local lives, we're like the reg- people that are into reggae. But yeah. the, yeah. the scene is small, and the world is kind of small. And mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I think, like I said before, like as as time goes on, like to keep things fresh, it's like it's so important. Even like Holly with your artwork, and even you guys with like the Crate Classic stuff, just making yeah. like even if it's just a visual stimulant, making yeah. things different. Like different. how many. Red, exactly. gold, green, like lion artworks and yeah. T-shirts. Like, can we see exactly. anymore? Exactly. I don't know. Maybe it's not a thing that, <laughs> that, that you guys think about clearly as much as I do. But like, deeply, like, yeah, no, it's no, a big deal. Do. It's a big deal yeah. for me. So I thought I'd ask yeah, you about no. um, Yeah, just I mean, do what you like. Yeah, yeah. Be yourself. Like be what yourself. you do and be that's, yourself. That's what it is. Yeah. And if. If, if you are the red, is, green, and gold, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. no, listen, I'm loudly, not knocking anyone, anyone that's different. doing that. If you're, if you're, you know, then if you're be different, really loud, yeah. totally. If you're serious, that's exactly. natural, then that's your whole vibe. Yeah. Exactly. Wicked, but, I, exactly. but you know, I'm, t- I'm, I'm more definitely talking from like a, a UK perspective yeah. of, of people that you know we can't lie to us. We've not grown up in an era where that was the only thing. Do you know what I mean? So there are yeah. going to be other influences. influences. Mm-hmm. So. 
Anyway, oh yeah, Jamie, this is one I wanted to ask you about actually earlier. And maybe Holly, Holly, you can touch on this. Dub plate cutting. Holly, have you ever done any dub plates for anyone? Um, no, to this day I have not. That's, um, I'm very, I'm very shocked <laughs> to hear that actually. I ha- not, I have been asked and requested and. Um, I kind of started a, a running joke with myself that I wouldn't then now do one until my dub plate becomes really valuable. I mean, that's the way to do it. Supply and demand, right? <laughs> so I'm just, wait, I'm just exactly. waiting for, the, for the, the, the one request. I don't know who it is yet, but... Yeah, no, I haven't. I've never done one. I'm, I'm totally open to them. Okay, but then cool. it's, yeah, it's just become this, this funny thing that entertains myself when, <laughs> when the enough. fact that I haven't done one. We do me one, Holly. There we go. The first one. Brought a price right there. Looking for spelling on that first plate. There you go. Oh my man. Come on. Yeah, Jay. I mean, this is definitely much more your area. Like in terms of dub cutting and um you know the scene and the culture do you think it's something that is more just like a nice thing to have as djs do you think it's it's something that is maybe um definitely essential for people to have are you still actively getting dubs cut what was the first one you had done all right i mean i've been going to me i was the first time i went to music house i was like 10 years old which is north you know if anyone knows music house is like the spot if you're a jungle dj in the 90s you went to music house if you're a sound man a roots dub whatever like that was the spot on holloway road so i didn't know like i loved it i love watching the dub get cut and the thing going round, and it was like it was something like really special about it um i mean in terms of like now i mean i just watched a big Sunfest clash with like ricky trooper Black Cat and Warrior Sound from Germany won okay. the clash. Wow. A young guy from Berlin, I'm not sure he's a German guy, um, he, he killed it, absolutely killed it. And I think it's great. I think it's so important that, you know, dubs get voiced and to keep that part of the culture going. I think it's a big part and I think, you know, it's it's sad that, uh, you know, there's a sort of decline almost slightly in that, like, where the British sounds, you know, UK sounds were, like, up there amongst all the other sounds it's kind of taken a dip and I think that's sad but in a way like you know people move on there's new genres here and other things are happening so yeah but I mean do, do you think that's a thing where like maybe traditionally you know sound systems were like generating money for dances to like put into dubs and that's not happening so much no more do you think yeah. it's people don't want to spend the money do you think artists want too much for it or do you I think, think it's just as a trend is maybe just waning for yeah, whatever reason i mean a bit of country? both a bit of both i think people have you know there's the the, the market itself if you're going to go and cut a dub it's very kind of like i mean there was that thing of like scamming was a big thing right so you send your money down to jamaica you know you might link up you think you're buying a sizzler dub plate and it's like somebody else and then they're charging you like you know or, or you're not even you're sending the money down you're not even getting a dub yeah, plate yeah, back yeah yeah so you think that's put people or maybe has put know, people off this that? you know i think it did put a lot of people off i Fair know enough. i talked to a lot of sound systems in europe and they said you know what what what, what we send money down and we're getting a dub what, what are we doing this for you yeah know? um so you know, I think it's imp- it's it's a big part of the culture. I think Red Bull did a great thing. You know, the Red Bull culture yeah, clash 100%. and elevated the clash thing. And I think people can, you know, we should take a leaf out of their book. I was going to say, and, like, and the re- I feel like to the, elevate it. I feel like the Red Bull thing maybe put a lot of, obviously, as as someone that's you know a Jamaican music nerd, I've 
known what dub plate and dub cutting and sound system culture is for a long time but I feel yeah. like the Red Bull thing maybe put a lot of people in their teens and 20s onto what it even is mm. even to the point where like competing sounds clearly didn't know what dub cutting was yeah. and were trying to clash yeah <laughs> Which was, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? As a stage show. Course, I mean, the, yeah. the, video, the videos are out there. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, yes, you know, since then, there's probably a lot more definitely younger people that like, haven't grown up going to, like, you know, shubs and whatever. Yeah. That are even aware of what it is. So, mm. yeah, interesting. Anyway, let's change the mood a bit. We've got a couple of questions here. Holly. Yes. Big, it's been a big night out. You're coming in. Six in the morning, steaming and starving. <laughs> what does Holly cook? <laughs> um, Holly cook um, makes a cup of tea okay. um, and puts a pitta in the toaster and yes. then puts butter and marmite on it. Whoa. And eats Whoa. it. And then uh, drinks a lot of water to prevent tomorrow's hangover. Oh, fair enough. I mean, like, <laughs> it's not really, none of it's cooking, but I suppose it's like, what does Holly eat? Where my pun game is in. All right. <laughs> Holly's entertaining a party of uh, gluten-free vegans. What, what, what does Holly cook? <laughs> gluten-free vegans get a... <laughs> punch in the face. <laughs> Wow. No, I'm wow. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Holly, Holly Cook does not Box. think Vital is Vital. No, guys, you get a fucking chickpea and tofu salad or curry. Okay. Depends if it's summer or winter. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll take that. Um, all right. Well, as, as we were on that one, Jamie. Yes. I mean, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not a fisherman, but okay. let's... Imagine hypothetically you've been out on the lake. Yeah. You've caught a bass, a perch, and a trout. What does Jamie Rodigan? I'm a sea bass guy. I'm a sea bass <laughs> guy. There's no. What was the other perch and the I trout? Don't know. I just I the googled trout. three fishing fish, dude. I don't know yeah. about fishing. <laughs> Maybe per you do. Per the perch and the trout, no. But the sea bass all day yeah, long. Every day. And you know, while we're on the topic, definitely a bit of snapper. Oh yeah, Doctor Fish, salmon, all that good stuff. Yeah, keeping it tropical. That's it. Bro. All right, wicked. Love that. Okay, we're moving on. Let's play another tune by my guys, the Expanders, LA's finest reggae export. This one, Easy Star Records, from the old time something come back again, Volume Two. Struggler's time. Fubar Radio presents. And Marcel Somerville. This is our special guest co host, <laughs> Terry Walker. Hey! We got gorgeous in the building. Oh, gorgeous, 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 gorgeous in the building. Hey! That perfect sounding person that you hear yeah. on the fourth mic is Brie Runway. Much. You're uh, of Ghanaian descent. Yes, I am. He said, "What image do you love is better?" It's an argument that's going to start. Oh. Do you know what? You guys' rice is not good. Michael Payne and Marcel Somerville every Wednesday from 4 p.m. to our radio. Foos, foosbar, foobar radio. Foosbar. 
Uh, it is 5.27, it's the Tuesday Takeover. My name is Josh from The Skints. We've got Holly Cook and Jamie Rodigan in the studio. What? Again, give them another clap. And <laughs> um, they're shooting soon, but Holly, I asked this one to Jamie earlier, as you're another West London native, and it is the month of August, like tomorrow or something. Mm-hmm. Some of your earliest and favouritest carnival memories that you could share with us. Okay, um... Some of them I don't really remember because I was that small, but I, I have you going to say because you was that gone. Totally <laughs> 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 wasted. Um, no, well, like literally, my mum's like twenty-four and I'm like this tiny, um, so I don't remember those. But because I've got images of them, they are also kind of now seem like memories. But um, yeah, a couple of my parents' friends had. Uh, houses on a long you know i can't i wish i could remember which road it was but i've got a few like childhood memories of just being a kid and playing with my mates and carnival like happening out the window um that was you know probably around like five or six and always remembering the like Labrick Grove and Portobello Road to me as a kid every time we went there I was like I'd be like this is where Carnival was and it was like what, you, probably one of those really annoying things yeah, to your yeah. parents when yeah, your yeah. kid just like it's just that extreme like, visual stimulant um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I always remembered it like even on a on a normal Thursday or whatever I'd always be like this is where that thing happens um, recent Carnival's probably my more fun time happy happy memories but yeah again to, i mean to be honest i'm not gonna lie i get absolutely i get pretty wasted and overexcited at carnivals so, you know, as you should uh, and so. you and i'm guessing <laughs> you're both not, like <laughs> you know memories are plenty yeah that's all good you're both around for carnival this year absolutely yeah and we'll see you raving in the streets yeah, oh sure. yes wicked well these guys got a shoot holly at holly cookie that's everything me. yeah 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 yeah, man. What's coming up in the next couple of months? Um, got some festivals. We've got uh, Gunton Arms this week. Um, Uprising, I think, in Slovakia. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, then that's the day before Carnival, then Carnival, then Outlook. My first Outlook. Oh, yeah, the last, last Outlook. RIP Outlook's um, been yeah. emotional. And then I'm off to LA for a couple of gigs out there and uh, music in between and a single. Um, very end of August or beginning of September is when that is to listen out for. She's busy, busy. The Lovers yeah, Rock nice. Queen of West London, Holly mm. Cook, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. <laughs> Mr. Jamie Rudigan. Yes, sir. You're off as well. We I gave am. you a little plug earlier. Anything else you thought of that's happening before uh, you go? Uh, supporting Trop Killers from Brazil on Heavy. Wednesday night at Village Underground. So if you love mm. your ballet funk and your dance hall, come through. It's Wednesday night. And then Bristol on the weekend couple of bits and pieces and then dropping a single with Bella Blair in end of August just before Carnival actually wow. weekend of Carnival mm-hmm. Bella Blair these guys are active great classics wicked look out for that look out for that Holly, Jamie thank you very much guys Josh from the Skins yeah, yeah. alright we're going to play a song that I tried to that I did play earlier that uh, wasn't the song at all one of my favourite bands of all time the fathers of everything in America in my opinion Fishbone, unyielding conditioning, it's scar time right now. Tuesday Takeover with Josh from the Skins on Foobar Radio. What's going on? This is Josh from the Skins on Foobar Radio. The time is 5.36. 
You just heard Unyielding Conditioning by the legends Fishbone. Forgot how long that tune was with the mad sax solos at the end. Big up those guys. But right about now, people, we've got another guest. He's not my rival. He's my rival. He's always here on a rival. It's rival. <laughs> hey, get me. Who's that guy on your um, takeover saying your thing? I yeah. don't know, man. That's, that's the idea that they gave me. Maybe we tell need him, to... Tell we, him liven up we next need to time, do a, man. We need Blood to do a custom one, man. Yeah, man. Bloody hell, mate. Maybe we need, we need, to, yeah, we need, to, we need to call on uh, on one of the... Here. We need to call on that like, horseman to do me a little yeah, yeah, thing yeah, or something, yeah. bro. Make it a little, we need a little bit more spice and flavour. <laughs> but um, how, how's it going, man? What's going on? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing, man? I'm all right, bro. Having this fun. Is, this is strange seeing you in these settings. We're usually next to each other on stage. Yeah. And now you've got like a Jonathan Ross-esque type wow. role, you know what I mean? Wow. This is this is good. This I don't is know good. I, I mean, I don't think they're they're definitely not paying me like uh, Jonathan Ross gets paid. So soon, soon, soon. We've got to boost you up, then you get the check, you know All what right. I mean? We'll find out. But <laughs> um yeah, man. How you been? What's what's what what's rival been up to in the last couple of weeks? Been playing GTA. I don't know wow. if you downloaded this uh, casino package they've got now, but yeah. Bro, I've I'm been, not a gamer, I've, bro. I'm the only non gamer in the skins. GTA Online is serious, okay. bro. I've been serious. beating Mario Kart on my yeah. Switch. And that's nah, Mario it. Kart is classic, but like I like free world games, so I like to okay. walk around, steal some cars. You know what I mean? Vibes. Wicked. Cool, cool man. Yeah, man. I've been I've been doing that, um, recording, getting ready for uh, another project. So um, knee deep in recording. I've got maybe another two weeks of recording, and then um, we'll be ready for next month, man. Wicked, man. So rival, is it? Is it are we going by just rival now, or is it? Is it still rival rival? I've, rival, I've had to change my name, um, just in terms of releasing, because I don't know if you type in rival on Google, bruv. Yeah, yeah. It's an absolute. It is a headache. Myth. So obviously, there's now, one like I think there's like a Mexican mariachi band or something <laughs> called Rival. Listen, rival uh, sons. There's a band called. Oh, yeah, rival I want to strangle them. Yeah, I want to strangle them. They're old school. You can't strangle them, man. Just, They've uh, been around like, since. It's so annoying, yeah, because it's like. Oh my! I might get a notification about something. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like, it's just some next band with like sombreros and shit. It's yeah, just yeah, not yeah. me. Like, no, that's that. That's the Mexican band. I know. They pissed piss me man. off my whole career, man. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, isn't it? Like, this isn't necessarily what I wanted to start, but it's definitely a thing of when you're an artist or a band, MC, whatever. Mm. Um, like how Googleable your name is. You have to. I have think it's, def- it's definitely a thing. Isn't I don't it? think we take like that into consideration when we have these moments of oh that is gonna be the name right like I had the most weirdest names like when I started I had Unknown Soldier Armageddon wow um, I didn't I've never known this <laughs> yeah uh, Unknown Soldier what was I, I had like a were bunch these, with these soldier DJ names yeah but like these names never went nowhere cause it was just like Number one, that's a lot of like stuff to put in for your MSN email address. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like it's just like I haven't got the energy or time for all this, and there's no uniqueness towards the names that I'm creating. So Armageddon just sounded like, yeah, destruction. This is yeah. exactly what I need. But really, but you know, time, it would have become it armor. Just, yeah, eventually, and, and there's already an armor. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. exactly. Fair and then enough. there was a million soldiers that used to spell it. S O U L J A. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong Classic. with us? Why do we do that? There's a soldier from my area, man. He goes by Soljitsu now. He so, ba- see? Battles on uh, Don't Flop. Yeah. yeah. Big up, sol- big up soldier. I might have heard that. Soljitsu, name man. Yeah, I like the battle man. rap team. But he store. was back in the day when he was a grime MC. He was like, an, he was soldier. soldier. Yeah, 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 everyone had the soldier like that, man. 
But um, yeah, oh yeah, and I'm releasing a video on Friday. Look how terrible I am at plugging. No, come on, man. We'll get That's to the, the plugins, terrible, man. But we got, we got we got we got time. Yeah, man, we got time. We but got time. Um, we got yeah, time, man, man, to start getting into it. Obviously, last time uh, you and I spoke on recording, I was on your I was on your podcast. But before yes, that, yes. For just to just to do a little. Uh, Let's do a little history lesson as we have done with everyone else today. The rewind select time. Yeah, yeah, take us back then to mini rival, younger rival, young Ashley in nineties mm. East London, Plasto, mm-hmm. Newham. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, where did you where did you start life and and and, and tell us about uh, tell us about where your journey started, bro? Um, I think. Predominantly living in Newham, East London, Plasto, definitely born and raised. Um, a lot of crime, man. Just, I'm so happy to be here. Like, I've never been jail, that. you know. I love that. Like, you have no idea how happy I am. Like, knowing like just where some of my friends ended up, and where some ended up even, you know, what I mean, unfortunately. But like, growing up for me, I think the one thing that I liked about East London is that, like, for some reason, crime was like. I don't know, like, at the forefront for a lot of my teenage life. So I was able to, like, walk down the road and see D-Double, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I pro- we probably pissed him off when we was in our school days because we used to walk down the road and see him, like, early morning when we were going some buns and that's... Ooh! Yeah, ooh! Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't care. But, like, I think just... I don't know. There was some element of that being a part of, like, a big thing that I cared about, like... Grime was like the most personal thing. It's like the people that I'm listening to or recording on tape packs, I can see down the right. road. Like, and I think, you know what I mean? I like, think that's so important as well because, yeah. you know, we're the same age. What were uh, you born? 89, 90? 80, 89. Yeah, so I'm born yeah, 90. Yeah. So we're, we're like starting year seven at school, which I feel like that summer between year six and year seven, like, I don't know about you, but that for was me, grime. I was really getting yeah. into just music in general. Yeah. And I remember, you know, Re- you know, garage was really the sound then, and literally, like as we're going into high school, is probably the time when it really starts to branch off. But this is what was crazy for me is that like I didn't listen to grime for ages. Like loads of my friends was doing it, listening to grime and all this stuff. But I was so like, so like, were you even into music or I, just yeah, other music? I was so focused on trying to figure out how RZA's brain made Wu-Tang happen, yeah? Or, like, a, a naughty by nature right. making hip-hop right, great. Right, like, right. like, hip-hop for me was just, like, this new thing yeah. that, like, I just... I don't want to say new thing because I grew up around it, but, like, the older I got, it's, like, the lyrics hit home a bit more. So I was I was, I was, was just in that a lot. Yeah, a lot into the, uh, into the rap a lot. And then the first, the first grime tune I heard was uh, Ice Rink. Dizzy Rascal's version, you get okay. me? And that, like, bloop, bloop, yeah, bloop, it was some one. like capital. Um, no, not capital. It weren't capital. It was choice. It was choice. Um, Commander, Commander B. B. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I, I took, I took the, uh, the tape pack from my friend, like, and like he just recorded loads of like grime tunes and that. Like, I just remember thinking, bro, like this, that like, I like my rap and that, but this is like, they're they're talking like man, they're talking like us, like this is. This is the best. Like, yeah. what is go- what? Who is that? Like, wh- like you know what I mean? It was just that that experience of just having that that kind of made me want to do music. I think, but I started DJing. It weren't really a weren't really a spitting thing. I didn't have no confidence for all that. So yeah, man. Would you think? I mean, 
to, to take you back to a point you touched on earlier about, you know, going to school, yeah. you looking to see D-Double on the street. You know, I think now that, you know, the lid is off on grime and, you know, people that read The Guardian and stuff know about what grime is and that it started in Bow. And that's the, re- the rhetoric you hear quite mm. a lot is that, you know, it's like grime starts, grime started in Bow, grime started in Bow, grime started in Bow. But as someone that was listening to it at the time and lived, you know, fairly locally to it, I always felt like Newham, um, you know, and the Pl- Plasto East Ham area in particular mm. has bred a lot of, like, the foundation artists. And I was, you know, do you, do you think if you had been from, like, North London, South London... West London, or even just, or even another part of East, it would have had the same thing of like you're like I want to do this. Or do you think it was the fact that seeing people like a Kano on the high road or whatever is like? I think was that influential? Was that just so normal that it wasn't even a thing? That was influential, hundred percent. But I don't know. My my journey with music and grime is like so divided between East London, and North London. Like I got kicked out of school end of year ten. I went to another school, but by then, like the t- I think I took, yeah. So I got kicked out during the summer period before we got into year eleven. Okay. Like GCSE period. Yeah. And throughout that whole time, it was like, what are you gonna do with your life now that you're not in school? Yeah. Possibilities of going to another school, but like, what are you gonna do for six weeks? Like, I really wanted to be a DJ, so I bought some turn. Or my mum, thank God, bought me some turntables. What kind of turntable? Some dead new marks from like dead. Like dead. Well, like, like digital, not like a vi- not, not. No, this is vinyl days from. Right, so this right. Is, but they was it was dead. It was dead. But like, that's shout, how shout I out mum though you for know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the first place. It weren't right. techniques, twelve yeah, tens, yeah. but yeah, yeah. man made it happen. You get me? So I learned on that, and then the East London drive, for, well, inspiration for me and Graham was really the youth centres, like the whole the younger generation of Graham. So you had like, uh, do you remember the All Star Rhythm on the block? Right. So you had like on the block, um, you had crews. So it was like you have a big crew, and then you have the youngers. Like, yes, like yeah, younger, scared them, younger, yeah. slew them. All so those like, guys at the those time. are the people that I was. DJing can you maybe can you maybe like, talk yeah, about man. some of those names that were around at the time that were kind of that, that were that were doing yeah, those man. sets? Like so, like you'd had kids in the hood, um, yeah. who were the youngers of boys crazy. in the hood, which was yeah, Titch and, and them lot, dogs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you had kids in the hood. You had. Uh, Aftershock uh, Hooligans Which was S-Kid And D-Dark And then you had uh, The other Aftershock which, oh, Was it Aftershock Lords Which was like Royal Crucial There was like There was a bunch of Youngers back in the day But like I, For me I practiced A lot in East Did a lot of The youth centres In East And then The radio experiences Started happening from, um, For me From North Axe FM Big, um, Rest in peace Pablo But um that was the first station I'd branched out to when I got to like. Right. Where was Axe in Tottenham? Nah, this was in Edmonton Green. Okay. That was the first one, and it was like, it was pretty hood still, but yeah, man. But that, but that was you like bringing your records up there and yeah, starting yeah, to yeah, all on my back to juggle, sack. yeah, man. For the MCs, or were you just doing like kind of DJ mixes? So on there? the first crew I joined was a uh, highly rated, which was uh, D Dark. I think he had left by the time I joined. Bex, Killaby, a guy called Mystery Nate, and uh, there was another DJ in there. Forgive me, I can't remember his name. But you're like 15 at this point? Yeah. 16, 15. Yeah, 15, 16, man. Yeah, yeah, and they was all older than man. They was all like, 
19, 20 at this point, 21, right, 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 right. maybe a bit older, I don't know. But like, I just never hung around with any youngers, you know what I mean? Like, I always felt like I'd get more experience in what I need to do from the older peers, you know what I mean? So I kind of tried to stay in that sort of direction. But yeah, that radio station and then just diving around from that station took me to a couple in North London. But yeah, man, so my career kind of got the best of both worlds. I was able to meet MCs from North and still stay in touch with all my East peers and that, you know what I mean? That's wicked, man. Yeah, All man. right, so fast. we're going to fast forward a little bit here. The yeah, name yeah. Rival happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you start emceeing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm guessing doing radio. The, that was a radio. lyricist in the well. world, you know. Oh. <laughs> Trust me, this, this this guy is a barra, but he is... Nah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I started yesterday, man. Nah, come on, man. <laughs> no, so go on. Speak, speak, speak a little bit on, on just that. That what that transition from being you know a, a kid DJ to a, a young man MC was like. It's weird, man. It's weird because you're like it's like a different f- like mask you're wearing almost like yeah because it's like you've gone from like just being able to make someone else sound good with your mixing and right instrumentation and just choosing the right pits, timing and X Y and Z. But like I don't know. Hearing your voice back for the first time is weird because now I have to ask people, do I sound all right? Like, I'm not able to, like, know. It's not like when you're DJing, you know if a mix is off or what. Right, like, right. now I'm rapping, it's like, all right. Is this good? I think I've got it. Yeah. But do I have it? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you don't really know until you ask someone, you get me? And everyone just kept telling me, yeah, man, you got a sick voice, man. And then I think two weeks after that, it was like, that tune you sent, man, it was sick here, yeah, but... You kind of sound like Kano, you know. And, yeah, nine years on, we're still here with that same... <laughs> Word, bro. I it's was, weird, man. It is. I mean, I don't, you know... What are people hearing, bro? I don't, I, think you sound I don't like Kano, hear it, But to bro. be honest with you, mate, there's much worse MCs that people you know could, what I mean? could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like now I just need and, the money and, like and Kano, you get me? There you go. I need a role in topwear, man. I need I, it, Do you know man. what? I think... Have you ever thought about acting? Cause I'll I think, do it, man. I'll do it. I've, I've done one, one, one little glimpse of acting, which wasn't really acting. It was just like, uh, like you know, them ones, boy, it's got a music video. Yeah, no, I, like, think, I think that's how you could do, man. Cause I was, fact, yeah. No, actually, I've done one, there's one video I've done, uh, Risky Roads, Newham General's uh, Pumping It Out remix with oh. Kano and all them. I'm the, the boy at the beginning of the video. Okay. So that's I have like to rewatch that, man. Pumping it out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guy in the video at the beginning store. Cool. But yeah, that's like my one 15 minutes of fame, you get me? No, I think you could do it, man. Because obviously, you know, to not to discredit your career, but, but looking at the time and moving on a bit, we... Yeah met around the time you know was maybe you were like coming off the back of your doing the you know what i would call the rounds of the grime scene things like yeah, all yeah. the mics and a million radio sets and all the, on all the radio Done stations you can think of yeah, yeah you know a couple clashes and stuff like that and and now you know you've come out done some really what i think is out the box stuff in terms of your your average grime MC journey, like yeah, stuff yeah. like coming I start, out. I started on tour working with the skints, like this amazing band. So, yeah, man. And uh, and now you're doing, you know, your podcasting as well, which I'm I think trying, man. I'm trying, it's I'm a trying. wicked podcast. Um, Rives and Amandem. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been on it. Is you know, I feel Rivals a serious podcaster, man. Can you can you maybe talk about and I and I think as well, like it's it's maybe difficult for MCs to. Um, think about being anything other than an MC and all artists really people mm. in band singers to think about doing anything 
but just that and and being seen as just that can you maybe talk about you know being someone yeah just the, the your journey into podcasting just a little bit um the podcasting journey came just off the strength that i just want to be heard certain times and with um with the whole like not being relevant there's not really any time that you can always have something to say you know what i mean so the podcasting just came from that and then just speaking to my friends like we're speaking now i've just always thought raw i've always been able to gauge and have great conversation with people where can i just where, where, where can i hear this conversation again you know what i mean so i started listening to podcasts just off the strength that i like wrestling and then from there i've just locked in and now we're here that's so sick man yeah check it out rides in the man in podcast on yeah, yeah. everywhere spotify everywhere, apple music man. everywhere man all right we ran out of time, but check this out. Before we go, we've got a little game. Yeah, yeah. Rival, rival based. So I've got a bunch of scenarios here that got rival it. each other that are, I think are relevant to you. Oh, dope. And you've got to tell me, you know, which higher or lower, which is the rival, okay? You ready? All right. All right. Have we got any sort of, maybe we can do um, this one. What? Yeah, whatever. All right. Which rival is rivaling the rival? Number one, Lannisters or Targaryens? Oh, are we including the last season? <sighs> I mean, I yeah, we are. Like, I haven't, oh, I haven't had it in my heart to <sighs> really like watch that last episode again, just because it's of how heartbreaking. Burnt man. I am. I was in oh, New York at the time, man. and it was like three in the morning, and I'm just, I'm hurt. Um, oh. But go on, Lannisters are Targaryens. I'm gonna go with Lannister, you know. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, man. They were kind of bastards the whole time, but at the end, it just went so. <laughs> Shit, that yeah, they can just. I'm just gonna go with it. Lannisters, that yeah. All right, Triple H or Shawn Michaels? Oh, wow, wow, Triple H, man. Okay, any, any justification for that, or are you just calling it? Why, why would I go for Triple H over Shawn Michaels? Yeah, um, just I'm not, big, I'm, a, I'm not a big wrestling guy, I'm an Armageddon oh, era, I know, but you know, yeah, Stone I mean, Cold and The Rock. Overall, bro. legendary status, you would have to go for Shawn Michaels, but just for where the company's going now, Triple H, man. Alright, cool. Yeah. Uh, Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. And everyone go and like my last picture. Yeah, <laughs> at Just Rival on Instagram, people, <laughs> get on it. Yeah, Alright, yeah. the biscuit, man. Digestives or custard creams? Custard creams, man, I got it tatted on the skin, you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. If we got any, uh, if anyone can can email in, uh, yeah, I send the biscuits, man. Send I believe it's takeover at foodbarradio.com. If anyone's got any biscuit tattoos to to rival this, <laughs> then they're in. Oh, mate, this is a, this one's a, a mad one. Pixar or Marvel? It's two huge parts Pixar. of mine. Pixar, Toy Story, all day. Man. Wow. Okay, cool. Woody for life. You like Toy Story four? Yeah, it's a good film. I loved it. I see a lot of people complaining about it, but it's a vibe, man. Toy Story is always better than Lion King. You know? you Definitely. They, that Lion King. <laughs> I seen it, dude. What are you saying? Shit. There's so, no story so to tell. I said I told everyone. So is one of the most is the like gotta be the most expensive, unnecessary film yeah. like that has been made. Yeah. It's dumb. Toy Story for all the way. Liverpool or Man City? Man United. None of them. Yeah, I know you're that's why we're asking the question. <laughs> you don't ask me that. Uh, <laughs> that's a red card. Like you ask me. Both teams I don't support of that. One or the other. Who alright, fine, who's got a who's got a who's got a goal? Who's got a go? Yeah, off the face oh, of the earth. I actually hate both of them, but right. Liverpool, man, mugs. All right. Club shows or festivals? 
Festivals. Yeah, mate, it does like course, a festival. No, you know what? 100 Club, the 100 Club we did, that was dope, though. Yeah. But yeah, festivals all day, man. No, no, I, I know there is definitely, you do get a, a twinkle in your eye and a, and a smile on your face when you're outdoors at a festival. 100%. I've seen it for myself. All right. <laughs> PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox One. Add me, Rives Cartel. I'm on there. You get me? Wow. GTA really Online. Promoting it like that. <laughs> Microsoft, listen up. Coffee or tea? Tea. I'm a herbal tea man. Chamomile, lemon and ginger. Interesting. Yeah, man. I know. You never think that. You never. No, nah, I rate that. No, because I always just know you to drink like mad sugary drinks. I don't no, no. Like... Herbal tea in the morning right, always, man. Cool. With the vitamins. You get me? All right. Dine out or takeaway? <sighs> I'm lazy. Takeaway, man. Okay, cool. 100%. That's fair enough. Yeah, I know, I know you, you're someone that eats. I do like going out sometimes, but nah, man. Take, take, um, we'll do a takeaway. Every time I see you, you're either eating Chinese or Caribbean food. So I know it's you're, ridiculous. You're isn't a takeaway it? guy. You know me. All right, blast through these. Boris Johnson or Donald Trump. I didn't even write this one. Boris Johnson or Donald Trump. We're not answering that question because they can both. Yeah, just trust me. Bun, bun out them both of them, man. Suck yourselves. Right. Suits or track suits? Suits. Wow! Yeah, because okay. you see, because you see the feel in a suit. Yeah, it's very different compared to wearing a tracksuit. Yeah, but I feel like you're a man that's probably had a million. I've, track no, suits. I've probably got a million tracksuits, but you see a suit. That's when it's serious. That's when you know the money's in. So yeah, suits. All right, 100%. cool. Last one: beach holiday or city break? Ooh, city break, man. City break. I love seeing different landscapes, man. A beach is nice, but I need Wi-Fi. All right, wicked. Well, right, that's all we've got time for, man. Big yeah, up yourself. Man. Thank you very much. Come on, come on, come on, Anything come on. Anything to plug? At no. Just Rival or everything? Just everyone Friday, look out for my video, Aria Flow. Aria Flow. Yes, yes, Ready yes. Ready to stab the Night King in the heart. You know what I mean. With, with, with one Rambo jump. All right, yeah. run that right now. Listen to this one, Just Rival. Aria Flow. This Friday... My name's Josh from The Skints. It's been the Tuesday Takeover on Fubar Radio. Big up producer Abby and everyone for having me. It's been emotional. We'll leave you with this. You've been listening to a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com.